This is Tailgate Till May, your place for year-round college sports talk. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm excited to be back for another episode. Today, we got a fun one. We're going to get loose. Brian's out, but Ben's here, and we're going to have a little fun. We're going to talk about what schools we would most like to go to if we were picking a school today, if we were 18 years old, sports-loving people that we are, and we wanted to have a great four years, where would we go? And then we're going to talk a little bit about the world of TV, movies, and their intersection with sports. That's Ben's specialty. He's our pop culture guy, loves movies, loves TV, has an encyclopedic memory of most of the comedies out there that you know and love. And then we're going to finish off today's show by introducing you to a new challenge that you're going to want to follow along with us all year. But first, let's say hello to the man himself, my partner for today, Ben Crowley. Ben, how you doing? Hey, glad to be here, Stephen. You know, long-time listener, fourth-time caller. So, you know, very happy to be here. Excited to uh, see what the listeners think of our drafts and who's going to have the better team overall for everything. So, uh, yeah, Um, you took the trivia crown from me last week, but you're not taking the draft crown from me this week. That's for sure. So Ben said it, everything we do today is going to be in draft form. It's draft day here on Tailgate Till May. Got a little ESPN NFL draft music going right there, courtesy of me and my vocal cords. Yeah, No, you can't. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to do it for us, Ben. Uh, so we got some draft. We got some drafts going on today. But Ben, before we get into that, it's July 3rd. We got a big... July, I guess you'd call it July 4th weekend. We're kind of in the midst of July 4th weekend right now. It's kind of weird, right? It's like even my work was like, oh, yeah, you can work remote today. But they're also painting the office. So they're like, that's why we can not have you be in the office because, you know, we're going to be nice until you can work remote. Um, But like I'm assuming a lot of people took off because my bosses weren't anywhere to be found. I don't know about yours. Not a lot of traffic on the road today. I'll tell you that much. I think a lot of people are off. A lot of people having fun, enjoying the holiday, maybe at a lake, maybe at a beach. And that's where I want to start today, though, with you. You a lake guy or beach guy, Ben? Because I feel like everybody is one or the other. It's like dogs or cats. You might like both, but at your heart, either you're either a lake guy or a beach guy. So where are you at? I'm definitely a beach guy. Like I can appreciate the lake, and I feel like the way you put it is the best way. It's what you grew up with. It's are you a dog cat person? It's what you grew up with, what you had in the house. But at the end of the day, as someone who is a very much dog person who now has a cat, it kind of be switched. I'm like, okay, it's fine. I can see that. But as a person who's been to both a lake and a beach, I don't know how you can beat a beach. Like, lake is just, like, it's gross. There's flesh-eating bacteria in there. When's the last time that thing's been moved around a little bit? It's just, it's not good to me. What about you? Charlie Kelly says, I think the beach is a magical, wonderful place. There it is. A lot of fun things happen at the beach, buddy. I, I think anybody in the north, growing up in the northeast is going to trend towards beach a little bit, uh, especially where both of us grew up. I mean, I grew up going to the beach. That was where we went on vacation in the summer. So a lot of memories over the course of my childhood and my life going to the beach. And uh, I mean, whether it's just, you know, you're 10 years old playing putt-putt 
in Ocean City. That's where I. That's what I would do in in my childhood for fun. Go play putt putt. Go to the arcade. Then getting a little older, going out to the bars, going to to Secrets in Ocean City, one of the coolest bars that there oh, yeah. is. Uh, it's just just a lot of fun. So for me, it's beach. But as you know. My wife Liz is is a lake girl, right? She is she always grew up going to a lake. So I, I've gotten some exposure to a lake. I like it; it's fun. But at my heart, it's just I'm a beach guy. It's like when you go to a AAA baseball game; it's fun, you know. Like in the Midwest, like in Indiana, maybe you can't go to a real baseball game, so you go to a AAA baseball game. It's fun; you enjoy it. But then the day. If you've been to a major league baseball game, you're going to choose that. You're going to go a little bit farther to the beach. You know, I guess it's most of the lake people are probably people who don't live anywhere close to an ocean, I would imagine. And that may be part of the problem, just more logistically. But I just can't see, you know, laying in sand. And I do know some lakes have sand, but it's a lot of mud. It's just much better than lake, in my opinion. Now, this is going to sound a little snobby here, buddy. Oh but... If I'm going to a lake, I got to be lakefront. If you're going to a lake and you're like, you oh. can go to the beach and not stay on the beach. But you can you know walk what I like mean? half a mile to a mile and you, go. Yeah, that's that's totally fine, right? Yeah. That's I, I've never I've never stayed beachfront at the beach my whole life. But I feel like at a lake, I mean, if you're not on the lake, what's the point? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like it makes me think of like Ozark. I guess you're just going and finding a boat and partying. And I feel like that's what all you, the only option you have, though, if you're not lakefront, is to just smooge off someone else's boat and be like, all right, we're going to go on this boat and just get drunk, which, like, it's fine if you want to do that. But there's just so much more variety of what you can do at a beach. But I didn't even think about that. Are there people that go to a lake and don't go lakefront? I mean, I, th- I feel like there's got to be. There's only so many that's houses. True on the lake i never even thought that was a possibility so you ended up sounding a whole lot less snobby than i did because i didn't even think that this was literally a possibility <laughs> that you could go to a lake but not be lakefront and have a dock that you're sitting off of every day you're so elite you didn't even know you, you could go to the lake without without being yeah. on the wow. lakefront i got one more july 4th thing for you before we move on to our first draft of the night what's on the menu for you for july 4th if you're if you're building out your your ideal july 4th cookout oh, what's on the menu ideal. what are you drinking? We're not talking tomorrow yeah oh, ideal boy. no 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 not what are you doing what what what's your ideal what would you do if you if you if can i had time have your druthers and i had skill i would do a barbecue and like smoke something overnight i think that's the best way to go about it and then drinking you got to go I don't know if I told you this, but I've been real into Pacificos recently. Like the nice Cerveza, a little bit lighter, uh, not quite as heavy as the IPAs. Because you know me as a big IPA man over the last couple of years. And, you know, I like them when they hit hard. You know, just like your big old lineman centers, they hit hard, you know, have a lot of girth to them. But on a hot, like, it's been so hot here right now. So the only thing I can imagine drinking is something lighter, fresher, crisper. So for me, give me nice, like, pork butt. Give me some Pacificos, some classic 4th of July sides, baked beans, mac and cheese. I'm in heaven. I don't want to do any of the work, but I'm in heaven. What about you? I like that. I like that a lot. I'm with you. It's It's been like walking into a cloud every time you step outside here in Maryland. I, I in played golf Virginia yesterday. Recently. It was less than 80 degrees, but it was 85% humidity, and I was just sweating profusely for two hours straight. 
yeah, hard to walk outside without sweating. So for the, as far as the drinks go, I'm with you. Keeping it lighter. I mean, look, since moving back here to Baltimore, it's been heavy on the orange crushes for me. So orange crush, top-notch cocktail in the summer. And uh, July 4th is the ultimate summer holiday, so give me the orange crushes. Now, you know the other drink that I also love is a good old-fashioned Tom Collins. I thought you were going to say Goldschlager. Now nah, mix it. <laughs> nothing classier than, than Goldschlager with the gold flakes. Yeah, as, there you go. As we know, but give me a Tom Collins, give me orange crushes, kind of go back and forth. You're really feeling fancy. We really want to do it up big. Throw in a grapefruit crush as well. Alternate between those three nice, crisp summer drinks there. So this may sound uneducated. How do you make an orange crush at home? What is the exact recipe? Like, I feel like anytime I've had an orange crush, it's been out somewhere or it's been like the not real orange crushes like the Vienna lager, whatever they do, all those, you know, ones that they sell at the store now, but I've never actually made one. If I've had a homemade one, it's you've made it. And I've just have taken it from It's you. really pretty easy. It's really pretty easy. And you did. I think you had one when we had our derby party yeah. here. So we had uh mint juleps, orange crushes, juleps. and then I forget the, whatever it is, the Oaks Lily oh, yeah. drink whatever that one is maybe it's the lily oaks i don't know whatever that drink is we had it as well but the orange crush not much to it man it's uh you just you juice one orange you get a orange from the store you juice it uh add a little sprite add a, add some triple sec okay. and add some vodka that's that's all there is to it the key to it though is you got to have the crushed ice yeah. the crushed ice is what makes it if you don't have the crushed ice don't even bother with it i think tom collins is a lot of work if i remember correctly i feel like between cutting the limes, getting the simple syrup, to like make a great Tom Collins requires a little bit more artistry, if I will. Uh, but I feel like the orange crush is just simpler. So, you know, if I'm drinking something all day, I love the Tom Collins, but, you know, by like the sixth or seventh one, you don't want to be putting all that work into making a Tom Collins. Yeah, plus that that simple sugar, there, that simple syrup, it can uh, it can get to you after a while. Not a ton of sugar in the orange crushes outside of the orange and you know the natural sugar from the orange and then whatever's in Sprite. I don't put that much Sprite in it, but that's what I'm drinking. And then as far as I'm eating, I- I'm with you. I'd love to smoke something more of a brisket guy than a pork butt guy. So I'll go brisket, maybe some ribs, but you gotta also, I just gotta have the classic hot dogs. On July 4th, too. You know, got to have them for the kids. Got to have them for myself. I like a good hot dog. I almost feel like the hot dog is also like a side where like, you're going to eat all the barbecue and then you're like, all right, you know, what? I've eaten all this. I can have a hot dog. Like, it's going to be great. Um, I also saw this is on the topic of hot dogs that Joey Chestnut is like an insane, insane un- or uh, favorite tomorrow. Like bet 4,000 to win 100 type deal, um, which is just why would you even offer that at that point at those odds like all you're doing as a book is hoping that he loses and you're gonna make a ton of money do you remember i I feel like not that long ago or i guess a while ago now but kobayashi was the guy oh yeah and joey chestnut has completely demolished it's funny because you say not that long ago but i'm pretty sure that was like 12 years ago yeah, it was like 10, <laughs> 10 15 years ago yeah i know but in our minds it's not that long ago we're just old men now doesn't feel that long ago but it's like the equivalent of if i feel like it's very similar to if lebron had come into the league while jordan was still there and then beat jordan for a championship and then just crushed him oh, every time yeah. after that like that's what happened with joey chestnut and kobayashi because they're not really even that far apart in age like i know joey chestnut like didn't come onto the scene as early as he did but 
he's been outlasting him and demolishing him. I don't know if Kobayashi even still eats or not competitively. Yeah, no idea. But like, it it went from like a rivalry to just getting worked over and over. Like, the only other thing I can kind of think of, and I have to see how it overlaps, is the Djokovic Federer thing. But Federer still won a lot, and Nadal still won a lot. It's like it's almost like that. It's like if Djokovic just came in and has thirty now majors versus Federer and Nadal were still in like the teens or twelve or something like that. That's the closest thing I can think of. If our minds are serving us correctly, but we could be way off base. And Kubiashi could have been like forty five, and Joey Chestnut could have been twenty four. Now, it seems like there was some controversy in the past with Kobayashi. He was banned from the 2012 competition due to a contract dispute. Same in 2011. It seems like he tried to have his own. He competed on the rooftop of a Manhattan (laughs) bar. (laughs) I think just at the same time. Uh, So back then, though, when he in in 2011, when he competed just on the rooftop of a Manhattan (laughs) bar, he ate 69. Uh, Joey Chestnut in 2016 ate 73 and a half at a qualifier. So, yeah, it seems like they had a pretty good Wait, uh, rivalry. Are there qualifiers to this event? I guess so. I'm, I'm sure there are. It's, I mean, that's what it says here. That's wild. Like, how close? Like, obviously, you know, we know the timeline between basketball games, football games, in between. How close of a event schedule can you put with competitive eating? It's got it. You got to give them a month, right? I, I don't know. I think that's too long. Otherwise, you're planning out a year in advance these qualifiers. I mean, if I first off, I don't know if I've eaten seventy some hot dogs. I don't know if I've eaten that many hot dogs. Well, I've probably eaten. I've eaten that many in my life. But I mean, I mean think of the office episode me... when like Andy eats fourteen and throws up one at the end and he wins, and that's that even sounds like a lot. So seventy three, it's just absurd. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but uh, you know that's it's an American tradition, yeah. eating hot dogs by the dozen, and uh, good for Joey Chestnut. Just uh, probably underrated in the pantheon of American sports legends. Yeah. It's also funny of I think about this all the time of how games and enjoyment get turned into competitive stuff that look completely different than what the original enjoyment was supposed to be. Eating a hot dog was a bun, condiments, and a, you know, the actual hot dog itself. I think like the speed runs that people do on like video games now, like they try and glitch at to get to it. And basically that's what competitive eating is. You know, you dip the water or the bun in the water, you shove that down, then you shove the bun down. You don't even eat it as one cohesive thing anymore. It's all science and it's just wild to me. Yeah, I, I have a, I, I'm a very strong opinion that should be banned. Yeah. You got to eat it bun with dog. I, I don't like this dipping it in the it's water. It's like nonsense. just going against what hot dog eating is. Like it's like I don't I don't get it. And it's it's same thing. Like I hate these speed run things. I don't know if you have ever seen them now, where it's like yeah, but they're like oh you can glitch off this to go to here, and that's why you can beat the game in 15 minutes instead of the 15 hours that it was originally intended to be won in. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's let let's stick to the original. Yeah. Let's stick to the As original. As it was supposed to be the, played. Exactly. In. Exactly. Now, one more thing on Kobayashi here. He, I, I'm reading all the world records that he he holds: 110 bunless hot dogs <laughs> uh, in 10 <laughs> minutes, 60 bunless hot dogs in two minutes 35 seconds, 150 rice balls, 337 buffalo wings, 
57 cow brains, 93 hamburgers, 159 tacos, 62 pizza slices. This just reminds me of I Think You Should Leave when he's pulling the scam. Uh, 55 tacos, get, 55. Uh, to pay it forward, yeah. 55 tacos, 155 tater tots. Yeah. That's Kobayashi. Oh, God, yeah. Also, I feel like buffalo wings is got to be the most skewed thing on that list. Everything else can be very much, you know, one hot dog is a standard length, standard size. Think about when you order wings, you know, are they flats? Are they drumsticks? Even the drumstick size can vary. How much do you have to clean off the bone? Like, that seems like way too much to try and dictate in each competition. Agreed. Agreed completely. I, this one that stands out to me, 62 slices of pizza, which is 15 and a half pizzas in 12 minutes. That's, 12 that's work. 12 minutes? Wow. 12 minutes. I just don't even know. I mean... As someone who tried to eat a large pizza and drink 24 beers in one day, like that took hours, let alone 12 minutes. There's one thing I could eat an unlimited number of, and it's Chick-fil-A nuggets. Yeah, well, you want to put yourself to the test and see how many you can eat in 12 minutes? It's not going to be that much. 12 minutes? I think I could easily eat. What do you set the over-under at there? I mean, they are small. What's the standard? You get eight? Eight to twelve. Uh, t- a twelve, a twelve pack. All right, you got twelve minutes. I mean, you can crush that very quickly. I mean, I would probably put the over under, not to be crass, but it just seems like a good number at sixty nine. In twelve minutes, yeah, okay, I... it's a lot. Not... But think about like, if you're dedicated, because like you can definitely double tw- twenty four easy if you're hungry. And then I was saying like 36 three times. And if you're really pushing for it, double that. So that's why I got to like 70. And then you'd go under a little bit because I don't think you're going to get that many. But All right. Let's put a pin in this one and let's revisit it during football season. Because maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll do some sort of like watch along uh, live stream watch along at some point during the football season. Maybe we'll incorporate the Chick Fil A nugget eating challenge uh, during this live stream. Let's uh, let's let's come back to this. So one. the one thing I will say for all of our viewers and all of us involved, please don't do what our good friend Andy does and about a tenth of the way into the competition, just be like, no, can't do it. At least make it exciting for everyone when you do it. Like, push as far as you can. Don't get through your first thing. Like, nah, no, I just, I just can't do it today. Like, if there's one thing I think you, you know about me after 15 years of friendship, it's I'm going to, I'm going to push as hard all as right, I can. Good. I'm not going to give up. I, I got a lot of fight in me, so I'm not backing down from a challenge. Never have, definitely won't for the Chick-fil-A nugget challenge well, either. It. So let's put a pin in that one. We'll get back to that, maybe revisit it during football season, see if we can come up with something fun there. But let's get into our main topic of the night, Ben, and that's our many drafts. We're going to start with our first one. We're each going to draft five schools that we would most want to go to if we were choosing a college right now so this takes into account you know everything about the school but i can only speak for myself i would imagine you and brian were at least to some extent similar for me college sports were a huge part of why i chose the schools that i chose to apply to if you if you look at the schools i applied to i applied to maryland grew up a maryland fan i think i applied to five sec schools which were uh Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, um, well, soon to be Texas, 
<laughs> if you want to count that as an SEC school. Uh, so I guess that was, uh, I guess, three SEC schools, Texas and Arizona State. And But if you look back at the time I was applying to schools, Florida won two basketball national championships and a football title while I was in high school. So, you know, that was a little bit of a draw. Texas won the Vince Young national championship while we were in high school. So, yeah, definitely a bit of a draw. Uh, This was a huge part of the reason of why I applied to the schools I applied to. Ultimately, I ended up going to Maryland because, honestly, I just couldn't imagine being as big a Maryland fan as I was and rooting for another team. Yeah, Athens is an amazing town. Uh, Austin is an amazing town. I would have had the time of my life, I think, at either. But it was in my heart of hearts. I was like, I cannot go to a school and not root for Maryland. So I ended up at Maryland. And I really wonder, so as someone who grew up in Connecticut and didn't, you know, you kind of only had basketball and I just had no desire to stay in UConn. I really wonder, like, being in your shoes and growing up in a state where the school was actually good and had a real football program, like going against that. It's the same thing. I could never imagine. Like now this thing was hard for me to put together because I can't imagine not going to Maryland. So I had to completely take that out of the equation and be like, yeah, I'd be really idiots, put Maryland on this list for like your normal listener out there. But yeah, I mean, I can't blame you for not doing it, even though I do think you could have had a lot of fun going to these other schools, could have a couple of national championships under your belt. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to stick with your heart. Okay. Got to go with your heart. But for this exercise, we are going to go with our brains. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And Ben, I'm going to give you the first pick in this draft. Right. Again, we are drafting the schools we would most want to go to if we were 18 years old today, seniors in high school, and choosing where we were going to go to college right now. Uh, a large part of this is going to be sports, but you got to take into account the town, the weather, uh, etc. So this should be a lot of fun. Ben, I'm going to start with you. You have the number one pick. You're on the clock. Do, 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 do. It's funny because 18-year-old me took into account the one thing that I took no one account in this, which was like business program and school overall. After like being in the real world, it doesn't really matter. It's like unless you're going to a top five, top three school for whatever you're doing, it doesn't really matter. So having known that, my number one pick is clear and by far away the number one pick. I think it's on a whole other tier than anything else on this list for all the reasons of possibility of past success, location, weather, all of that. I think it just is in, you know, it's top ranks in all of those. And uh, it's also got some pretty good celebrity tie-ins. So I think if uh, you kind of know where I'm going here and it's going to be, hook them. I just think between being in Austin, which is a big thing that I thought of, you know, where you're going to be, what you can do outside of school. Weather's obviously hot as hell, but it beats being in the winter. I'm a big golfer, so you can play golf all year round. You can talk about Matthew McConaughey all the time, which is always a big plus. And then can you actually imagine going to school at Texas and Texas is actually back? Like, not the speculation of all the narratives of is texas back like imagine if texas actually won it would be insane to be there at that time like 
we already saw, you know, what was that Tom Herman days when we were there, how the environment was, how nice everyone was. But can you imagine those fans like full on winning a national championship? It just and they're obviously, you know, they're moving to SEC, which has come a long way now in basketball, too. Obviously, you have the football there and then they've got baseball. They've got all these other sports. It's not one trick pony. So for me, easy number one overall choice, Texas Longhorns. You know, you bring up an interesting point there, Ben. It is pretty alluring, that feeling of being somewhere when they get over the hump. That That is actually a lot more appealing yeah. to me than going to, say, Alabama, and you're like, oh, they're going to win oh, another national title. I'm there for this other national title, just like the it's bunch so before me yeah. and before me and before me. It's, it's so much more special. Like, I... You know, I was young when Maryland won that national championship. I was only 13 when Maryland won their basketball national championship. But there was this feeling of just reaching that mountaintop, getting over the hump. Nobody had ever seen it before. And it it feels a lot more special than, say, Kentucky winning a basketball championship. I mean, think about even Alabama. Like, you had, what, a 50% chance of being there during a national championship year for a 10-year span? Like, cool. Like, I'm sure it's really fun to have done that. But end of the day, it just kind of gets up. It's another one. Another one just starting to be like DJ Khaled at this point. So that played a big factor into me. I don't know if that was your number one on your draft board, but uh, I'm guessing it's not because I think I know what your number one is, but we'll see. Yeah, that, so that was not my number one. It's a good pick. I like it. Uh, I don't think it was too high at all. Really? But my number one oh. is actually going to be LSU. Yep, I don't think is. it was too high. I think oh, it's I a, thought you it's were saying that. I thought you said that Texas wasn't too high in your draft board. I was like, No, no, no. It was high on my draft board. I don't think you reached for them. I think it was a good pick. But my pick is LSU uh, for a couple reasons here. Just immaculate uh, tradition in football over the past. They were my number two. Recent football tradition, I should be clear. Since Nick Saban's got there, uh, every coach has won a national championship who's been there. Uh, Brian Kelly has to accomplish that as well, but he's he's off to a great start winning the SEC West last year. Something that really stuck out to me when I picked LSU was the baseball team just won a national championship. LSU is the preeminent baseball program in college baseball, and it's a ton of fun. I feel like that's just an added addition to your experience there that you don't get at a ton of schools where you have this sport in baseball that is an extension of of, of football and basketball where there's that much passion for it, and you get to enjoy that. There's Uh, guys spending $30,000 just in shots. Exactly. And then they do have a good basketball tradition. They're down a little bit right now, certainly, but they have that basketball tradition and they have passion for basketball, which is a big differentiator for me being a a big basketball guy. I wouldn't want to go to a school where basketball is just such an afterthought that even if the team is good, people don't show up. That's not for me. LSU's not like that at all. Uh, And then the last thing for me, look, I'm like you. I don't want to ever be cold again if I have to. So, you know, love, love the hot weather. Not too far from New Orleans. Some fun road trips you can go on there. And then the tailgating scene at LSU is just incredible number one place that i still want to go is death valley i mean when you see a quick story before we move on to our next pick i was tailgating in atlanta just when i lived there just for fun for one of the sec championship games that lsu was in and we were tailgating in this lot 
LSU fans nearby, and they had a whole crawfish boil set up for their tailgate. And all of a sudden, guy taps us on, taps me on my shoulder. He's like, "Hey, you want some crawfish?" I was like, "Absolutely!" Invited our whole group over to their group, and we just had an unbelievable time at a tailgate, That's a amazing. crawfish boil at a tailgate. That's, <laughs> That's why a lot of I'm going doing LSU. at home, let alone putting that on the road and doing that. You know. In a parking lot, not the best conditions. That's, that's dedication right there. Those are the fans you want to be around. All right, I guess I got the. I guess we'll do. We'll, we'll do go back snakes. to back, huh? It's uh, it's. I got the next pick. I wasn't quite prepared for that one. Uh, but you about know what? Crawfish. I was yeah, I was getting a little excited there about crawfish. Um, with my next pick, I'm just photograph this. I already know who you're picking. I got to go with Georgia. Yep, you're just too easy. I got to go Georgia here, man. And, you know, I, I just got done saying that I can't go to a school where basketball is such an afterthought. However, for me. when you're when you got back to back national titles, you look like you're about to be a program that's uh, going to run off a bunch more titles. And then you add in the fact that Athens of every college town I've ever been to, Athens is bar none my favorite college town. Um, I, a lot. I mean, it, it's true. It is. It's just a great town. You know, it's, it's, we went to a school that has three <laughs> and a half bars, maybe. Yeah. I think Athens has about five bars on every street there. So it, it's a, it's a different experience, different vibe. Uh, loved visiting Athens. I've done it two times and both times have been great. And uh, co-host Brian came with me as well. Had a great time there. Uh, and uh, and yeah, it's, just, it's they're building a juggernaut uh, from a football perspective. Basketball, pretty big afterthought right now. That's what brings it down for me. What made me hesitant? But hey, you one know, of their alumni I was choosing, just had a uh, nice big contract extension. He sure did. He sure did. But if I if I have a chance to go to a school where I'm basically no, especially in a twelve team playoff, I'm gonna play. I'm going to be able to see my team play in probably at least two playoffs, if not three or four. I think that's uh that's pretty tempting. So, so give me Georgia there. All right. Who you got Ben? two in a row for you. So this is where it got real dicey for me. Cause a lot of the factors of schools I would have picked kind of, you know, it all starts to muddle together. So I think with my second pick fourth overall, I'm going to go with, I really don't want to do it because I really don't ever foresee myself living in this state for a prolonged amount of time. But it's going to be UCLA. It's just they have the tradition in basketball. And that's for me, you know, the sweet spot. I love basketball. If I had to pick basketball or football, basketball slightly edges football. You're in LA. You're going to have great weather. Once again, I can golf all the time. There's a lot to do. Football, you know, it's pretty good. Chip Kelly is coaching some football over there. So you're going to be doing that. And then, you know, will the transfer. You're moving over to the Big Ten. It's going to get even more exciting. So that's my pick there. And you know what? If I don't get into UCLA, I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm going to go to USC. So I didn't get into UCLA. I'm going to USC. They got momentum going. Caleb Williams. Basketball, yes, you know, is also, is much lower down. But I think the upside of football is obviously much higher with USC. Still in great weather. 
still going to be happy. Worst case, if my college teams suck, I'm going to go play golf and drown my sorrows away um, in any given year. But ideally, I think those two of all the factors have the upside. I want to same thing. It's the same story with Texas. I want to be there when both those teams get back to a sense. I don't want to be at Georgia when they're winning their fifth national championship in a row. I don't want to be at Ellis. Well, I guess LSU's a little different. I don't want to be at Alabama when they're winning, you know, seventh championship in 14 years. I want to, you know, that new revived feeling. And that's why I got to go UCLA, USC. Okay, so I was going to ask you, when you took UCLA, I was going to ask you, wow, over USC. <laughs> then I realized you were just getting the package deal there. Oh, yeah. So no need for that. Okay, you were talking a lot about wanting to get over the hump, taste the glory, get back to that glory. And my next school is a place where you can do just that. That's Tennessee. Feels like 98 in Tennessee, baby. That's what they say. That's what they say. Feels like 98. uh, And they're trying to get back to that. So I'm going to pick Tennessee. Fantastic year last year from the Vols, and then you can't forget the football program, man. I mean, they have, ever since the days of, of Bruce Pearl down there, they've had a, a really fantastic basketball program, um, and, and they are they don't seem like they're going anywhere No, I mean, especially with the way soon. the SEC is going now with, you know, basketball being, Kentucky's not the only school in the SEC anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and that's a that's a place where the fan base has embraced basketball a lot. They were also the number one overall seed in the baseball tournament last year. Uh, they went to the College World Series this year, so you got that three sport aspect going. Uh, good weather, not quite as hot year, kind of in the mountains there in Knoxville, so it can get a little chilly at times. But Knoxville cool college town enjoyed my time there a couple times that i've i've been there so give me the vols give me tennessee uh, i got three sec schools yeah. on my so, list yeah. surprise surprise there, buddy so i'm gonna step outside the sec for my next one and uh mm, i got a debate here i'm debating between two acc schools now when i applied to schools however many years ago in 2007 2006 I didn't apply to any ACC schools because I said I'm not going to a, a school that's in the same conference as Maryland. Little did I know that Maryland would be in the Big Ten by this time. Uh, but I, So now I'm going to put some ACC schools on my I list a, potentially. So I'm going to cut you off here because I have a lot yeah. of thoughts. And thinking about you, I'm wondering if these two ACC schools are just really SEC schools on the ACC because they're in Florida. Um and it's just the same reoccurring theme with you. I'm very curious to see if you're going to you know, mix anything up here. <laughs> Am I going to mix anything up here? Okay, well, my next uh, my next pick is going to be North Carolina. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I did not. Oh, buddy. I did not see you picking yeah. this. Baby blues North, on you, huh? North Carolina Tar Heels, a school I grew up absolutely despising. Wow. Not nearly as much as I despise Duke. But, you know, you got to say, if I was today just picking a school, having a chance to be part of one of the greatest rivalries in college sports, I, I couldn't pick Duke, right? Duke is just not for it. me. That's not my vibe. That's not no my kind of school. But Carolina, 
Uh, Chapel Hill, great town. You can be part of one of the most storied rivalries in all of college sports. I don't know that they have what their trajectory necessarily looks like. We talked about old Huey, as you called him last week, Hubert Davis, and that he's got a big year three coming up there. But I think, you know, even if Hubert Davis doesn't necessarily end up being the right guy at Carolina, they will eventually find the right guy because they are Carolina. They'll get it figured out. And then they they do have a good football environment as well. I mean, it's not, if you're looking around the ACC, it's not Clemson necessarily, but they do have a good football environment. It's not the most steady situation. You don't know when Mac Brown is going to is gonna retire, yeah. but they always have felt like a sleeping giant at, at, in football. It's a huge fan base. It's a fun fan base. If you go to an ACC tournament, uh, you're around a ton of Carolina fans. And it always seemed like it would be, it's nice to be a, a part of that. So uh, I'm taking Carolina with my with that pick there. See, I thought I was going to be able to backdoor them with pick number five. And like I was going to maybe catch a little bit of flack for it because obviously Carolina, the history that you have with Maryland. Because I do think it's a really cool college town. It's they have the utmost potential in football if, you know, they want to really do it. And obviously the basketball traditions there. So I'm a little upset at you now. Um, happy that you, you know, saw the light and picked them for, uh, your, you know, smartness, but, uh, all right. So this one is tough. I think I'm going to go with Miami. Just, you know, they, obviously they are, had the run in basketball. They've had a few runs over the last 10 years. Um, they've had some, you know, solid coaches there, Larinaga. They're really trying to get football back. They want football back in the worst way. And I think that's kind of what ultimately put me over the edge with them is they want football back so badly in Miami that they're going to do anything they can to get the right guy there to make that formula work, to throw whatever they need to throw at the wall and make it stick that, and hopefully four more years if I'm going there, there's going to be some sort of excitement. I mean, they've obviously gotten a lot better in the last 10 years versus where they were in the early 2000s when they were shining and 90s, obviously. Uh, and then it's Miami. It's Florida. You're going to have a lot of fun there. I know I'm just picking all apparently the best nightlife places to go between Miami, L.A. and Austin. Um, but, you know, I like to have fun. So that's number four. Number five, I don't think i struggle with this because all the good south schools are gone not all the good but a lot of them are gone there's one big one remaining i know uh one big one out there i I don't want to go to the two of the big ones that are down there i think you're gonna leave one of those for you um so i'm between two northern schools two schools that are above where we currently reside and i think i'm gonna have to go with one more so because the vibe around the other is very different than the other four schools I've picked. So I'm going to go Ohio State. You know, obviously the football success cannot be denied there. Um, I've never been to Columbus. Don't really know. It's a good town. I hear it's a good, good town. town. Uh, it's the Midwest, so you're going to get some, you know, hearty food. It's going to be cold, but not, you know, we're not in Wisconsin. Um, and you're just really good at football. All the time, every freaking every other couple years over the last 20 years, you've had at least one good year 
as a four-year student and basketball you know you've been to some they've been to at least what one final four in the last 15 years 20 years i mean i'm not sure their last final four it's been a little or while number I think, one since seed. it's been a little while been to a final four but they've uh They've had, they've had some, some really good, good years where they're where they're top seeds. Uh, I, I know they went to a Final Four like in the early 2000s. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, that was. Uh, so they played North Carolina championship. No, they went. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, they lost to. They lost to, um, Florida in 2007. Mm. I think in the uh, yeah in the in the national championship game. And then they went again. They went to another Final Four in 2012. Yeah, so, so that they're there. that Thad Mata run was was unreal. They, he had a great run. And they know they're not in terrible shape right now. They're obviously not as good as they probably want to be, but they're still in the conversation every year as a solid team. And what well, was not that long ago that they were number one seed, right? Am I thinking maybe like six years ago? That might be too far or too short. Yeah, it's definitely in the in the Thad Mata era, though. Yeah. They haven't been in, in the Chris Holtman era. They haven't been there. Yeah, I just can't remember when Thad Mata is one of those coaches that I associate has been had been with them for so long that I don't really know when his era begins and when his era goes away. Um, so Ohio State didn't think I'd pick them, but here we are. Wow, yeah, that's our that's our first school where you could, you're realistically gonna have a cold winter. Yeah, it's our first first Big Ten school. I've got a few on the list here, a few Big Ten schools that I that I considered, but for my final pick, it's Nebraska, isn't it? I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm, this is hard. This is really hard. It's the hard one. I'm gonna go way off the board here. Way, way, way off the board. I'm gonna take San Diego State. Oh, I would guess. I was asking this Oregon, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Oregon's on there. Oregon's on there. But San Diego State school coming off a Final Four, they have a good football tradition. They look like they're hopefully, maybe, probably gonna be entering the Pac-12. I think Didn't they going just there come out and said they... that they're not moving. Well, for the yeah, time, for the, time for the being, moment, yeah. for the moment. But I think the hope. I mean. Everything that just happened would not have happened if they weren't trying to go to sure. the Pac-12. The Pac-12 still or maybe the, even the Big 12, for, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be exciting to be at a school with all that upward momentum. Um, it's I haven't really spent a lot of time in San Diego, despite having a sister that lives there. Seems like a cool place. Seems like good weather. And the only thing that scares me about San Diego State is, like, I want to go to a place where they live and breathe college sports. And I think all the, the places I have on my list uh, fit that criteria. San Diego State, not so much. I left Alabama out there uh, in favor of San Diego State. So sure, I'm going to get some backlash for that. But, I, you know, as we talked, you really just you got me on this idea of like wanting to get over the hump, yeah. wanting to do something special and unique. And at Alabama, you're not going to do that. Now I will say that, I mean, we got to get into the Alabama cause it's of course top honorable mention there. 100%. I, when I went to Tuscaloosa, I have never been in a college football environment quite like going to Tuscaloosa. The entire stadium was standing for the entire game. It was, Wild. I had chills up my spine as I walked into that stadium and I and I heard the crowd roar 30 minutes before the game or whatever it was it it was an absolutely electric atmosphere I like 
Athens a lot better than I like Tuscaloosa. I liked Auburn as a town a lot better than I like Tuscaloosa. So that holds me back. Plus, like, when is Nick Saban going to retire? Um, that that holds me back a little bit, too. But uh, probably a pretty egregious mistake by by both of us not to include them. I, they but were look, there. It's, it's were our there. opinion. I mean, it's our opinion. It's our opinion. It's, and uh, it's not like we both neglected them. They were – there's – Two other schools that I left off that I was competing for those last two spots. I had four schools of Miami, Ohio State, Alabama, and I was also considering Notre Dame. But uh, all the other stuff that goes on at Notre Dame, I was just not wanting to have to deal with. So, yeah, that's a that's just a not my style. It's more of a not my style. wasn't wasn't going to be a fit for yeah. me. So. Uh, yeah, I, that that wouldn't make my list. My my honorable mention, you know, the Big Ten schools I did think about Wisconsin. I just think Madison haven't been, but hear nothing but great things. Uh, I, I like the idea of being at a school with a hockey program as well. Wisconsin, not a very good hockey program as of late, but I do like the idea of being at a school with a hockey program. Always historically very solid in football and basketball, but don't quite seem close to getting over the hump. We'll see Luke fickle there. Uh, that might change things a little bit. There's a lot of, a lot of hope, but you know, if you go to Wisconsin though, you have to embrace a very specific style of basketball, which I do not like and a very specific style of football, which I, I like a little bit more, but the basketball one is tough for me that, that pack line defense, slow it down, not ideal, not ideal. So that was an honorable mention. Go ahead. I have one yeah. other thing I'd say. If we were, this makes me think of it when you talk about hockey. If we were like 10, 12 years ago, I would highly consider Boston College on this list. Because of the hockey, they were, you know, a little bit better in football than they are now. Uh, basketball, when they had the Craig Smith and uh, Jared Dudley days, it's pretty fun and not too far away from actually downtown Boston. So, you know, it's a little bit different, but obviously you're not winning any national championships in basketball and football, but it's uh it's probably not on the top five list, but maybe top ten. Yeah. Any other honorable mentions for you or should we move on? We can move on. We've nailed it all. I mean it's like fifteen schools we just talked about. Oh wait. Yeah, Cle- Clemson. Clemson was my That's other, the other ACC one I was school. Ask about. That I was debating between Clemson and North Carolina, and then I I could have just had them both, but then I went off the board for San Diego State. So Clemson was my other one. I do get what you're saying that they're a little bit redundant with uh with the SEC teams. Like they're an SEC team essentially. <laughs> they just play in the ACC. The one thing I do like about them though is they get some of that. ACC basketball tradition where they do have Duke coming to town. They have Carolina coming to town. They got a small arena that can really rock uh, when, when it fills up, doesn't always fill up, but when it does, it it can rock when they got some of those blue bloods coming into town. Good point. Next category. I'm gonna make you go first. So why don't you introduce what this little concoction you made up is? Well, uh, yeah, I'll introduce it. And our, our next, our next draft is top TV characters who could have been successful college football or college basketball coaches. I think this is going to be a fun one. Our one ground rule on this was you couldn't pick like Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights to be a successful football coach because 
duh, he was a football coach in the show. So that was our one little ground rule here. And I got the first pick and man, I might be going too early on this one. This guy might not even be on your board, but this is who I've been most excited about all day thinking about this draft. And I am going with Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill, whatever you want to call him from the better call Saul breaking bad series. Saul Goodman is the perfect college basketball coach like 10 years ago where, you know, he's skirting all these, he's skirting all these rules to get, get recruits paid, find a way to (laughs) find a way to get them there. He's, you know, he's got all these schemes. He's very well organized too. So, um, you know, very strategic, but yeah, he's got these big, grand, colorful suits. Like, I can just picture him back in the old Big East days really pissing off Jim Beheim. Oh, like, yeah. Jim Beheim would hate Saul Goodman. Hate Saul Goodman. That's what I picture in my mind is he's at a, he's at some school in the Big East and all the other coaches, Jim Beheim in particular, hates him and and they know he's dirty and they know he's he's paying recruits, but they can't prove it because Saul Goodman is that good at covering his tracks. So number one for me is Saul Goodman. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, he was on my list, to be fair. He was not my number one pick, but it is a great pick. Uh, so who I first thought of when you talked about first caught wind of this experiment that you were uh, concocting, one person stood out to me as someone who can build an empire, say really knows how to take it from the ground up, get everyone to just perform at their best. You know, you may get put in your place a little bit. You may get told that you're not good enough and you need to do better. But guess what? You're going to perform and you're going to want to do anything you can do to make him think better of you. Whether that's, you know, maybe not being so kind to other people, maybe not being so kind to your other teammates, but you're going to give the best you can give to Logan Roy. Logan Roy is the pick that I think I would want. In this whole thing, obviously, we're talking about people who, you know, maybe they don't like sports. Obviously, it's not a big conversation in succession. But his personality, if he was coming out of the womb being like, you know what, I like sports. I want to put my very smart mind to sports. But we, we do know, Ben, he likes soccer. It's true. Roman buys him the wrong soccer team. Yeah, that's true. Kind about <laughs> that. Um, but he just has a way of, and I think that's one of the big caveats is, he would, I think, do terrible in an NFL. He almost has that Saban authority to him where, you know, someone who's 30 years old making millions of dollars, that same tactic may not work. But I think him in the college world, basketball or football, whatever he sets his mind to, but my mind mostly football is what I've got going here. He's going to make them perform and perform well, and he's going to figure out how to do it. So it's number two overall pick. All right, back to you again. So this... This is the one that I don't think is on your board either, but since you maybe thought you were going to reach a little bit, I, I do want to talk about this one. So we're going back a little bit. We're going to the 90s here. Uh, there's a little episode when George Costanza is no longer allowed to have sex. And in this episode, he becomes very intelligent. And there's a little bit of him where he teaches Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams on how to hit a baseball. And he's just mashing the baseball over 
talking about how you know it's very simple it's velocity and mass and obviously gravity is the same constant it's not that hard and he's mashing it and they're like if you want to win games you listen to me and Derek Jeter goes but we won the World Series and he just goes in six games and then hits another one <laughs> and I think if George Costanza had you know sex aside he can't have it he put his mind fully 100% capacity to any sport whether it be basketball or football he can make that mind work and he could win championships at whatever school he was at. I got to say, George Costanzo, not on my list. I figured it wasn't, wasn't thinking, but, you know, he's a genius. Wasn't thinking about George Costanzo. Hey, there's a caveat, real... though. George Costanzo eh, without able enough. to have sex. Normal George Costanzo. No. All right. Fair enough. Understood. But, Ben, you're talking about motivation not george costanza you're talking about somebody who's going to inspire you not george costanza you know who is leon black <laughs> leon black can give the best motivational speech you have ever seen i mean he has he has perked larry up out of some situations he has encouraged larry like you've never seen and he's given it to larry when larry needs to get a little bit of a get talking to up. at times when Larry needs to be put in his place. Leon can put Larry in his place, but he can fire him up too. He knows how to push all the right buttons. Leon can go into any room and relate to anybody. He'd be an outstanding recruiter. You know, I, frankly, I don't care what sport, football or basketball, Leon Black can be my coach any day of the week. Leon Black, number uh, two pick here. It's so sad because literally who I had on my list as number two was Leon Black. Mostly because of the speeches when he talks about, you know, he's going into an interview um, and he's got topsy-turvy that. And uh, <laughs> there's that scene. And then there's a scene where he's trying to get Larry fired up to go talk, you know, back to the guy that insulted him. He's like, ah, oh, you know, you got to open it up, throw trash, throw paper on the ground, let him know that you're there. Uh, yeah, just for all the reasons. And you stole him from me. It's a good pick. Great pick. Leon, Great pick. Leon Black gets his, and he would get his wins his. as well. And, you know, it's funny. We're talking Leon Black here, and we're just saying – we're. I, I don't think I've mentioned what show he's on because that's how much of a family member he is to you and yeah. me. Uh, but, of course, Leon Black from Curb Your Enthusiasm. That is my number two pick. For my third pick, this is going to be a tough one here. Um, and I'm going to go with the person who I thought we would actually both have number one, the ever stoic Ron Swanson from Parks and Recs. I just think about that episode where he's coaching youth basketball and he is just <laughs> channeling his inner Bobby Knight. Nope. Um, you know, I don't know how well Ron wants Ron Swanson would play in this day and age in the transfer portal era. You know, maybe, it's maybe not, but he, he also has got his tender side too. Throughout Parks and Rex, he knows. Uh, he, loves he knows a good scavenger when, hunt. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, Ron Swanson, he's stoic, he's calm, he doesn't get rattled, and uh, I think he'd be a, a fantastic coach. Oh, that's a good one. That's also on my list. So they're just flying off the shelves at this point. Um, all right, so this is my second tier of inspirational think or speech this person has wooed congress before into singing a song based off a very silly idea but you know convince them convince a bunch of grown men to uh drop everything that they're doing 
and uh, go fight a war that was, you know, hundreds of years over. I'm talking about Eric Cartman, the one man who can, one child, I should say, who has <laughs> such a evil influence that he can just inspire anyone to believe whatever he's saying, doing mental gymnastics where he <laughs> believes in himself so much that he makes you believe. And he's also got that shady side to that Saul Goodman extent where he's going to do whatever it takes to get the win, to get the transfers. Um, and I can just see him when he's got his mind set on something, you know, he'll go as far as to dress up as a robot for days at a time to get whatever plan that he wants done completed. So that's my pick there. Um, I know it may play a little bit weird getting coached by an eight-year-old. Um, I understand that's, but, you know, this is a fantasy draft anyway. So that's my pick for number three. And then this is going to be another out-of-the-box one. Uh, I'm going on the same show that you were going on. And this is mostly because I was just watching the string of episodes. But uh, one of the shows... Uh, that you have mentioned and taken a character from already. There's another character, much less prominent character. But in this world, this man decided to crush other human beings. He decided to also live a very successful lifestyle and be able to support two grown children with whatever they wanted in their entire lifestyle. So clearly he sees something and he gets it done. I'm talking about Dr. Saperstein. So John Ralphio's dad, you know, he tries and he goes and he crushes Tom's dream and has great lawyers at it, too. So I'm thinking in the world of if Dr. Saperstein ever because he's a little older, you know, you may say some things that are wrong. So he's not a great lawyer. He's a great PR person. Get him out of any jam. And I don't know. He looks very familiar to another really high prominent football coach um, that was one of the best playmakers and play callers in the history uh, the Louisiana Mud Bowl. So, get what I'm saying? Water Boy, Henry Winkler. Uh, so, I kind of made that crossover that maybe he's that coach in a different lifestyle. But yeah, go with Dr. Saperstein. And, wow, that's a great. I know he wasn't on your fantastic. list, but yeah. So, I'm going with number four or my that's number a, four. That's a fantastic pick there with Dr. <laughs> Saperstein. Wow, love it. Love it. My next pick, Ben, unfortunately, you're not going to react to this very much because you've yet to see probably the greatest drama ever made in the history of, of American TV, The Wire. And I'm going to go with Marlo Stanfield. So if I can just read a little excerpt here from villains.fandom.com slash wiki slash Marlo Stanfield. What is this with villains.wiki? Yeah, wow. Well, it's a website right. I found. This is how they describe Marlo's personality. Marlowe is quiet, cold, calculating, and very calm. Unlike his criminal predecessors, Marlowe doesn't care about respect or street code. This makes him capable of committing any act of atrocity to get what he wants and rise to power. Now, let's say that Marlowe applied this to the college football coaching profession. It's clear he has the drive and the tenacity to succeed in his chosen profession, the drug trade, um, and he, he's obsessed with it. He's calm. He's cold. He's calculating. That sounds an awful lot like a lot of college football coaches, to be honest. It's not a it's not always a pretty business. And, you know, I think if Marlowe was to apply that, his sense 
to college football, I think he could create a, a quite a dynasty. Now, I'm not even give you a chance to respond because <laughs> you haven't seen the show, so uh, I, I don't think you really. I've heard great you things. Really deserve it. And then I'm gonna go with for my final pick of the day here. I could go a couple different ways, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention what I have a show I've been touting for years now to our group of friends, and that's Wayne from Letterkenny. I knew uh, you were gonna go great with these. Canadian television comedy. Wayne, again, you know, he is just he's stoic guy getting down to work, doesn't always say too much, but you know he's going to get the job done. He has the respect of everybody. He can go into any any room. He, again, even if he doesn't say a whole lot, he is comfortable in any room talking to anybody. And uh, I think if Wayne puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. He has everybody's respect. And uh, I think that's what you need to run a college ball program. 100%. Toughest guy in all letter, Kenny. Uh, it doesn't hurt either. Doesn't hurt either. So I have a couple of things that I'm percolating here for this last pick. Obviously, there's the Eli Gemstones of the world, but I figure, you know, it's too similar to Logan Roy, kind of in the same vein. Thought about going an office reference, thought about Robert California and how he talked, you know, uh, what's her name? You know, the boss out of her own job. And so he became CEO. Uh, Joe, 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 I was saying Joan, Joe, but it was Joe Bennett. Joe. Um, I thought I'd have to do it. Ben, if he was going to, if he was going to be Robert California, he'd have to be up and up, mixing my references up. That's Will Ferrell's character. D'Angelo Vickers <laughs> loves the Southwest. I was going to say it'd have to be Arizona, Arizona Utah, yeah. Colorado. Maybe those would be his schools. That's uh, D'Angelo Vickers would have to go there. <sighs> Big fan of that ecosystem. Um, thought about Frank Reynolds and just the skeeviness <laughs> and schemes and everything he would run, how dirty it would be. But I thought about, you know, he, he wouldn't play well in this day and age, you know, like you said, Saul Goodman, maybe, you know, Frank Reynolds in the nineties and eighties where he thrives. So I thought about, all right, who can thrive, you know, who could have thrived in the old system? Who could have thrived in the new system? There's one name that came to mind. Now, keep in mind, this person was never the leader. And he may be a better assistant coach than a real head coach. But, you know, he always loyal. He does whatever was asked of him. He took care of it. And I'm going Tig Traeger from Sons of Anarchy. He, you know, did whatever Clay wanted him to do. He was that big right-hand man. And then, you know, then Jax came into power. And then he learned how to handle Jax. And, you know, Clay and Jax, two very different people, just like, you know, NIL and pre-NIL era. So I think he can adapt, learn to it, but his loyalties to a T, so he's gonna be loyal to the school. He's gonna even though kind of if you watch the show, that's a little bit of an interesting thing saying you're loyal to Clay and loyal to Jax, but whatever. Um I don't know, go and take Traeger just because you got that thought in my mind of being able to adapt, and I think Tig can do that. And it's uh, also not a normal pick that you think would come, and that's what I do. Two good lists here. I have Saul Goodman, Leon Black, Ron Swanson, Marlo Stanfield, and Wayne from Letterkenny. Ben, run down your list. I've got Logan Roy from Succession. I've got George Costanza from Seinfeld. I've got Eric Cartman from South Park. I have Dr. Saperstein from Parks and Recreation. And then I have Tig Traeger from Sons of Anarchy. It would make quite the conference. 
Love it. Great stuff. Guys out there, let us know what you think. Let us know who your list is. What do we get wrong? What do we get right? Personally, I thought Cartman is a was a genius pick. Did not, not even on my <laughs> radar. So props to you for that one, Ben. Love that one. Uh, real quick, anybody else who you were, you were hoping to get? My uh, couple here were... Ari Gold from Entourage, mm-hmm. uh, from as far as the motivational perspective goes, I think Ari will get you fired up. Good relationship guy, being an agent and all, especially in this uh, day and age of NIL. That'll be oh, a, a little bit of a plus. Um, and then staying in that Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad universe, I thought Kim Wexler would be a great choice. Kim is probably the most competent person on that entire show. Uh, She is just a a workhorse, always working. She is by far the smartest person on that show. And and so Kim Wexler was the other one. The only one now that I think about, what about Gustavo? Yeah, he's on my list as well. He's on my list as well. But he trusted Walter Wright, so like that's clearly a bad sign. Red flag. Um, I also thought about, and I want to, see your opinion on it because i've just started this but any thoughts on tony soprano yeah i was thinking i tony thought about flies him. off the handle a little too much yeah hey, little Bob Which, I mean, you know granted there's a lot of coaches that do that but i was thinking about that because clearly a leader has worked his way up over the years got a lot of respect but i just feel like he you know i talked about marlo stanfield being cold and and calculating and calm. I feel like Tony has some of that, but then he also just flies off the handle. So yeah. I, that was what held me back from Tony. Okay. That was curious. Cause like I thought about him. It's like, I haven't gone enough into the series yet to truly pick him and to understand him. If it's a good pick or not. So I refer to you on that, but and re- I should have picked Gustavo instead of uh Gus Fring as he's known as on the streets. Uh, as opposed to Trig or Tig Trigger, but you know he's cold. Yeah, Tig. I thought that was an interesting one because, like, I I initially had Paulie Walnuts on my list, but then I was like, I can't pick a guy who's not even at the head of his yeah. organization in his show. The right? only thing I can think of is just like the what just happened at Texas. You know, Chris Beard goes away, assistant coach steps in. Maybe he was the guy all along. So maybe Tig was the guy all along. You, we never know. So, never watched Mayans know if he got his shot, but I think he makes a few cameos, so. All right, Ben, we're running short on time here, so we are going to save our last draft for another day. We'll get Brian involved in this one, because I think it's one that everybody's going to like, and I think it's one that Brian would be very sad if he missed out on. So, we're going to we're gonna save that one for another time. Um and talk about that at some point when Brian's here. So I won't I won't spoil it for you all, but but be on the lookout for it. It's another sports content related uh, thing: TVs, movies, documentaries. So be on the lookout for that one in an upcoming episode. But before we get out of here today, Ben, we don't have trivia with Brian out since it's just the two of us. I want to hand it over to you to introduce, what are we calling this thing? Is it is it the Golden Leg Challenge? Is that what it is? Oh, we could call it the GLT. Yeah. The GLT? Oh, wait, GLT, That's... Golden Leg. Right. No, that T doesn't really fit. I was thinking uh, GLC? tournament. You're thinking GT, was... <laughs> thinking Jim Tan and Laundry, yeah. GTL? Uh we need to. All right, we'll, we'll workshop we'll it. Workshop. But for now, it's the Golden Leg Challenge. And uh, Ben, I'm going to hand it over to you. Why don't you tell everybody what this is? Yeah, I think we kind of alluded to it when I first popped on here as a host. But uh, essentially, 
gonna work, get my body, my mind, and my soul ready to uh, apply to go back to college. It's funny, you know, with same thing we talked about today. Where would I want to go? I don't know. But basically, I am gonna try as a 34 year old person to train my body to become a punter. I think I have the leg strength. I think I have the mental fortress up here, as Stephen has so eloquently dubbed it, to do that. Um, so currently, right now, this challenge has been put on me for about, what, a month now we've talked about this? It's been about a month, but I want to give a little more background on this. This all started because last college football season, Ben was adamant that he could punt a football. I, the number has gone up and down, but what was the original number? I'm that pretty you could sure it was Get up off the couch 40. and punt the football 40 yards. Yes. Yeah, that's what I remember. Ben could get up and punt the football 40 yards. I was adamant that he could not, that he would shank it. So was Brian. Brian, very much in my so corner. So neither everyone of us, that I've ever told this Neither of to. us believed in him. Yeah, nobody nobody believes in Ben. Finally, about a month or so ago, Ben did punt a football. It took almost eight months or so for, for us to get this done. Got to find a field, uh, got to find a football. It's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. First punt was, was indeed a, a shank, but he did get a little better as the day goes a on. A lot better had, uh, as the day went on. Yet he had a, uh, I think, 50-ish yarder. Yeah, 40, I think 47 no, was the exact 40, number. Okay, 50-ish yarder. 50-ish. Yeah, 50-ish. All right, fine. You're embellishing. 45 to 50-ish yarder. Now, granted, this was all with no pass rush, which I contend is is another huge challenge. But this has gone from can Ben punt a ball 40 yards to now he thinks that he can be a Division One punter. And that's kind of the genesis of this whole thing. And now Given Ben is going to try to prove us wrong. Yeah. It's given a year no. that I can be a Division One punter. I just want to set the time frame for this. That not that I can do it by this coming season. That it's by next season to apply, get into a school, to then punt for university, fall of twenty twenty four. Now we're gonna track Ben's progress on. We're put it a lot on our TikTok and our Instagram videos of him punting. Uh, you know, Ben's trying to get getting shape here so maybe we'll do some weigh-ins periodically uh see what he's eating see what he's lifting i don't know i don't know we got to figure that all out but it's something we're going to be tracking probably not as much on here on the podcast once we get into football season as we will on some of our social media feeds so if you're interested in whether a 34 soon to be 35 year old man who has never played uh football who has never (laughs) punted at any level can be a division one punter then then stay tuned to our social media feeds at Tailgate Till May on TikTok, at Tailgate Till May on Instagram. The one thing I do want to pepper in is not only have I never been a Division One athlete, uh, the highest level was one year of varsity golf in high school. It's just, you know, just so that people know what they're working with. That's what we're dealing with here, folks. A man with the utmost confidence in himself. One year of varsity sports, which was golf. I- thinks that he is going to play Division One football, albeit as a punter. Now, I do think your biggest challenge is going to be you are just not going to have a chance for live game experience. Where are you going to get live game experience, Ben? Have you ever heard of, like, spring ball, summer ball? You know, like, yes. Yeah, yeah, but before you get invited to that, like, they're going to want to see a punt in a real game, buddy. Yeah, I guess so, but that's kind of like... How did Mark Wahlberg... Or you think your leg is just so magnificent. Well, you have mixtapes that... that you send out, and like they'll be like, okay, your leg has some power. We're not going to not bring this guy in for a tryout. 
it seems like you need to do some sort of like 21 Jump Street operation where you're undercover at a high school so you can play high school football. Like you got to get in with in with like the police department or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would just, I mean, that, they, that's a pretty they good played, movie. It's 20, I think 22 is when they actually played football, right? But yeah, that think, was yeah, college. Yeah, so that's college, when they're like, yeah, college. yeah. So that's basically what I need to do, except for. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I was pretty sure say they're that would younger be, I was going to say that would be a pretty good movie. Yeah. I was going to say that would be a pretty good movie, but it, it already is a pretty good movie in 22 Jump Street. Yeah. So. They just crushed it. My favorite line that's when Channing Tatum just goes, I'm your best nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Ben's life. That's Ben's life. He uh, is a confident guy. His friends, not so confident in him. Uh, you know, we're going to support him, but if he... There's gonna be times when he gets a little too much on his high horse. We're gonna gonna have to bring him back down to earth a little bit too, because that's just how that's how friendship works. So, you know, Ben, uh, what uh, tell the people out there like what makes you so confident that you can do this? So I just feel like you know, golden leg comments aside, got the talent there, uh, work ethic. I'm an athlete deep down, deep down side. I'm an athlete. Doesn't show it right now, but I've just been a uh, lazier person. I've been more of a uh, mental athlete, gaming athlete, if you will, so far in the last couple of years. Got a little out of shape. Used to be pretty good in shape, uh, much more after those high school years, I'd say. College was prime, obviously, as most people's lives are. So I just feel like I put my mind to it. You give me a year. I've got the leg talent to do it. And uh, punting's not that hard, so... All of that remains to be seen. We will find out here. Stay tuned to our social media feeds, TikTok and Instagram, especially at Tailgate Till May. Ben, it was a pleasure drafting things. One of life's great pleasures, to be perfectly honest. Nothing like a good old draft. Had a ton of fun, buddy. It's a great time. And uh, curious to see, uh, we'll have to read a list of Brian next week and see who he chooses. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll read. We'll read. Uh, Brian, our draftees. We'll see who the winner is. We'll let him be the judge on that. He never gets to the trivia finals, so you know he's kind of our he's kind of our uh, championship decider here. He's the judge. He's the host of the of championships. So we'll we'll let him be the host and the judge of of this championship as well when he's back. Uh, no episode next week. We're gonna be out. Got a lot of. All of us are, are going to be traveling, enjoying some time around the July 4th holiday here. So, again, weird, weird falling of July 4th on this Tuesday. It's like you had it last weekend. You also have it next weekend. So we're going to be uh, all out of town doing some traveling. No episode. And then the exciting thing is when we come back, we are going to get into our conference previews, starting with the Big 12. It'll be just after Big 12 Media Day, and we will start getting into the meat of it, previewing the college football season so ahead. Getting chills up my spine just thinking about it. Ben, it was a pleasure as always. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.